Good morning and welcome to Inside Redeemer with Jerry Wilbanks. Today is Sunday, September the 23rd, 2012. Our Sunday worship services is being broadcast from inside the Redeemer Lutheran Church located at 5700 Lawndale Street in Houston, Texas. The Reverend Grant Housewright will deliver the Holy Gospel for today and Lecture Joan Jackson will read today's scripture readings. The music is provided by Choir Director Nancy Housewright. Our Sunday worship services begin at 10.30 a.m. On our Sunday morning broadcast, we always like to acknowledge our Redeemer family shut-ins and give a big old shout-out to let you know that we're thinking about you and we have you in our hearts and in our minds. Our love goes out to each and every one of you. Hello, Charles Volk, Ruvella Eckerman, Donald Langdon, Frank and Laura Thack, Marie Percy, Mary Margaret Rurick, Phyllis Edelman, Edith Owens, Wanda Harris, and Robert Lindbergh. We love you all, and God bless you all. thought on this Sunday broadcast, we would like to do a listener head count. I would like to mention the names of Vulek Haig in Liberia, Africa, Shelly McCain in Huntsville, Texas, Bridget McCain in Extended Texas Town, and Steve Wilbanks in the Sheldon, Texas area, and ask all of our Redeemer families, please let us know if you listen and enjoy the podcast by calling Jerry Wilbanks at 713-943-0685 or by emailing our Redeemer Church website in care of our site webmaster, Bill Andrew, M-W-A-N-D-E-R-A-U at att.net M-W-A-N-D-E-R-A-U at att.net That's all one word and no spaces. Thanks to each and every one of you that care. Good morning. It's good to see everybody today. First off, after welcoming you, I want to thank Mr. Hilmers for a glass of water he brought up for me. I appreciate that very much. A visitor to... uh, our place today for the first time is Anna sitting back there. Anna, welcome. We're very glad that you're here. Any other visitors for the very first time? I don't think so, Valley. You're back. Good to see you. Good to see all of our visitors today. I'd like to um, let you know, and I'm sorry I didn't have time to transfer this to paper from my phone. But I wanted to let everybody know, if you haven't heard yet, that we are very sorry to announce that Jerry Wilbank's brother, Randall, passed away this past week. And um, he, he, the, he was a couple of years older than, than Jerry. Uh, and Jerry's a very young man, so you can take a guess then. That, and uh, Randall's funeral takes place tomorrow, or uh, visitation hours are tonight, from 5 to 8 at Carter's Chapel and the funeral service is tomorrow yes tomorrow and if you'd like to have further and uh, more involved instructions regarding this please let me know following worship and Jerry and Patty you are in our prayers along with uh, Randall's fairly large family as well the, uh, your mailboxes and your newsletter, you'll see your newsletter next week. Your mailboxes have been relabeled. The label, your material, 
that you will find in your box is below the label. So your label is on the top of the box, not the bottom of the box anymore. Top of the box. Okay, so your material is underneath your name. Your material is not underneath someone else's name. It's under your name. Okay? Okay. Got it? Got it. Now, I want to make sure we understand some of the things that are happening this week to make sure we're all on the same page. And that would be that there is a meeting following worship today regarding trunk or treat. And uh, Helen uh, Science and Nancy Taylor from the Episcopal Church are the two primary folks who will be running tr- uh, trunk or treat. If you have any thoughts or desires at all regarding trunk or treat, please meet Helen uh, at the, uh, in the fellowship hall following worship. We are uh, funding trunk or treat through private donations. And there are envelopes on the table here with the trunk or treat display for your donation. So this is the only way the trunk or treat can be funded this year is through your donations. So if you have a couple of dollars you could let go of, that would be absolutely fantastic. We appreciate it very much. And uh, trunk or treat has brought on many, many, many children from the neighborhood. What are the numbers that you remember? I sent Helen an email after having talked with our council last week and told her that there was not money available for it. Now, she has taken this thing on bare hand and broke. And you can see some of the efforts that she's applied back here for this thing. This is a great thing where we had five or hundred or so. We don't know how many, but there was a bunch of kids the last several years. And uh, let's support her in this thing and make it work again. It's a worthwhile cause, and, and thank you for the help. The Friedman family, go ahead. Bob. 100 kids at our house on Halloween, okay. so you need to have a lot of candy. Can you believe that? We shut our lights off because some of the candy that we buy is my favorite. So. <laughs> You're no. supporting the congregation because this is a congregational effort. I've taken on the lead of it due to the fact that some of our folks um, have, uh, have asked that I lead it. So um, I just want to make sure that everyone in the congregation knows this is a congregational effort. We have two outreach programs that we do a year, and we would be doing ourselves as a congregation an injustice as to not grab onto this moment to let people in our community know what it is we have to offer and also to help um, reach out to some of those people and let them know our doors are open. Thank you very much. Yes, candy can be no- donated as well as money. Uh, individually wrapped candy is what we've uh, d- required in the past. I would like to thank Helen for taking this this year. It just happens that we have the anniversary, the 28th of October, which we're working on, and also Halloween Day, we have Young at Heart here at the church, which I'm in charge of. So I want to thank Helen and Nancy for taking this because it's a wonderful outreach program, like she said, and we do encourage you to please bring wrapped candy, and uh, that's the main thing that we need because it takes lots of candy to give out. (laughs) 
Lots of truck space and yes. lots of candy. All right. Yes, Dell. What what money did we spend last year on this project? I'm not real sure. Last year we spent we paid for it out of Young at Heart, which they I've told the people and we had lots of money. But this year we're paying for the anniversary out of Young at Heart. So we're not going to have the money that we did before, the last two or three years we've paid for it. I don't know, somewhere around $400, maybe 500 at the most. All right, then in addition to that, we have to have a peace officer here that cost $150. Uh, in, uh, in, including, oh, okay, good. Uh, including that. Okay. Yeah, favorite hymn Sunday is next week. If you have a favorite hymn, you'd like to put that number on a piece of paper and put it in the basket on the piano, please. Confirmation class kids, students, please meet with Emily following worship for about 15, 16, 17, 20 minutes, okay? Today, we have two new songs that the choir are going to rehearse following worship. So don't you leave the pew, choir. Stay, and we're going to sing some new songs. And they're wonderful. Went to bed late last night because we were singing them together in the living room. Okay. And you did mention Young at Heart, didn't you, this coming Wednesday? Okay. Fried chicken. If there are no other announcements, let's continue our time together for a few moments of silence. Daniel Webster said, I read last night, the greatest thought that we can ever have is that of our responsibility to God. Good reflection. At this time, would the young people please come forward? Good morning. All right. How's school? Is it good? All right. I'm glad to hear that. School's okay? All right. School's okay? School's okay? All right. How many of you exercise? Do you exercise? What are your favorite exercises? All right. That's the what? Jogging? Okay. Jogging. Jumping jacks. How do you do a jumping jack? Is that that thing where you jump up and down and do one of these? Oh, that's very good. Very good. Do you exercise? What's your favorite exercise? Jogging. Do you like to run? Do you like to jog? Do you like to do deep knee bends? Do you like those? How about push-ups? Do you like to do push Oh, never mind. I'm not going to do Exercise <laughs> keeps you in shape. Exercise keeps the heart going good. Exercise keeps you alert. Exercise continues to give you a a way of looking at your day and saying this is good. Exercise. But you have to continue to exercise, right? Because if you practice and keep exercising, you're going to feel good. Okay. Now, Jesus gives us an exercise too. The exercise is to practice your love for other people. Practice. Don't just say, I love other people. You have to do love for other people. If somebody at school, for instance, is very, very sad, you pray for that person. Or you tell that person, 
It's okay. Don't be sad. It's okay. If someone is crying, you stand with them for a little while. If someone gets hurt, you be with them for a little while. If someone is confused, is having a bad day, pray for them and take care of them and be nice to them. That's how you practice your love for other people, by being good to them. If someone's hungry, you give them some food. If someone is thirsty, you give them some water. Let no one go hungry. Let no one be thirsty. And don't just say, I love you. Do the love. That's the most important thing. So that's called exercise too. To exercise your faith. Exercise. Exercise your body and exercise your heart of faith and exercise your love that you have for other people because who loves you? God loves you. That's right. Okay, that takes care of that for this installment of September 23, 2012. You may return from whence you came. Yeah, the good crop of kids. Today we're using the celebration hymnal, the bright green hymnal. And uh, there, we are not singing every verse of every song, but some you have to take a look at and watch. This one we're singing twice. Number 78, please stand. I love you, Lord. a sweet sound hearing you people sing that one. Grace and peace be with you in the name of the triune God who was, who is, and who is to come. You are the treasured people of the Lord. Keep the words of the Lord in your heart. 
One does not live by bread alone. to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, oh Glory to your name, oh Lord, glory to your name, oh Lord, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. The Lord be with you. Let us pray the prayer together, please, the prayer of the day. O God, our teacher and guide, you draw us to yourself and welcome us as beloved children. Help us to lay aside all envy and selfish ambition that we may walk in your ways of wisdom and understanding as servants of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The children are excused for Sunday school. Our first reading this morning is from Jeremiah, the 11th chapter. It was the Lord who made it known to me, and I knew. Then you showed me their evil deeds. But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. And I did not know it was against me that they devised schemes, saying, Let us destroy the tree with its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, so that his name will no longer be remembered. But you, O Lord of hosts, who judge righteously, who try the heart and the mind, let me see your retribution upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. Let us read responsively Psalm 54, page 3 of your bulletin at the bottom of the page. Save me, O God, by your name. In your might defend my cause. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For the arrogant have risen up against me, and the ruthless have sought my life, those who have no regard for God. Behold, God is my helper. It is the Lord who sustains my life. Render evil to those who spy on me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will offer you a freewill sacrifice and praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For you have rescued me from every trouble 
and my eye has seen the ruin of my foes. Our second reading comes from the book of James, the third chapter. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Here ends our lesson. Uh, let us stand for the gospel reading. First we sing. according to St. Mark in the ninth chapter. Jesus and the disciples went on and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And after three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them. And taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. 
And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus, oh Jesus, your love means so much to me. Jesus, oh Jesus, love is all that I need. Jesus, my Jesus, your love means so much to me. Good. Beautiful. You may be seated if you like. It's good to see everyone today. I'm glad you're here. Today we take a look at our gospel in the book of Mark. And we will repeat Mark 9, verse 35. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Grace and peace be to you from God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and may the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you this day and always. Amen. In one of that, uh, one of the comic strips, one of those famed comic strips, which never seemed to uh, grow old or outdated, Peanuts, Charlie Brown worries about his chronic lifelong sense of low self-esteem. He says to Linus, it goes all the way back to the beginning, the moment I was born and stepped onto the stage of history. They took one look at me and said, no, not right for the part. Unfortunately, at times in our lives, many of us can feel that way as well. We can identify with Charlie Brown's anxiety. We forget that God looks us and says to us instead, Yes, you are right for the part. No one else but you is right for this particular part. You are unique. You are special. You are you. And no one else can fill that role. And you know why? Because I created you in love my own image. So there's something marvelous about remembering these sorts of things in our lives. Something significant begins to happen in our self-esteem when these words lift from the page and fly up into our hearts. When we tune into this reality about ourselves, we begin to feel worthwhile and we begin to feel some value in our lives. We begin to feel a whole new sense of purpose in our lives as well. And we begin to understand more fully what the words integrity and dignity really, really mean. When we begin to say and believe the words, I alone and right for the part. In God's grand design, I am irreplaceable. In his wisdom and in his love. God has given, given me 
a special role to perform throughout all of eternity. And this, of course, goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, where the author describes the all-powerful activity of God, and he builds up to this glorious peak in creation of creating humankind. And he bestows on this human family the level of dignity that, uh, that, that, that is a crowning glory in creation. Let us make man and woman in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the animals of the land, and so on and so forth. We will create, I will create them male and female, and they need to be fruitful, and they need to multiply and fill the earth. So God said this to them. And only into the, to the human creation did he say this. He spoke these words. And in this passage, God affirms the fullness of our human dignity, the capacity to commune. This is the one thing that he gave us, men and women, human beings, the capacity to commune, the capacity to be in fellowship with one another today and always. Now, this capacity that you and I have to commune is in the design of our humanity. And as each of us stepped onto the stage of life, God has prepared us for this performance, to be in fellowship and in community with one another. He made us right for the part. He gave us not just this capacity to be fully human, but it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, the capacity not just to... it, 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 uh, fully, to be fully human means to be completely and fully alive. I'll get it out yet. And what the gospel writers are trying to tell you and me is that we are to live according to this grand design. We have to perform our unique role in harmony with the intention that God has for us in the first place. But given the capacity to commune, is only part of the idea and or part of the reality. There is now the necessity to commune in a certain way. And that's where today's gospel verse comes in. Jesus gives the answer to the question of who among the disciples is the greatest. If anyone wants to be the greatest, they must be last of all and servant of all. So now... It's not just the capacity to commune, but the necessity to serve. When we stepped onto this stage of history, we were destined, every single one of you, destined for greatness. Given the capacity for greatness and the necessity in order to be great, to serve one another, both in here and out there. Jesus is telling us right now, in order to achieve this community with God and with one another, it must be, and it must always be, 110% of the time in the spirit of love. It's an incredibly wonderful thought, but incredibly even better when we do that thought, when we put it into action. Because, you see... Even though God has destined us to 
to be a communing and fellowshipping group of disciples. And not only has he more than just asked us to understand that in order to be, to be great, we must serve, we do not do this automatically because of our humanness. God does not wind us up like robots so that we can go along, uh, uh, go along our way and do the actions. We are not God's personal computers. With the click of the mouse, we go out and serve and love. God made us free to perform love. He made us free to perform as we choose to perform. He gave us free choice. Free to move in wholeness of life as we choose to become more human. Free to commune with God and neighbor as we choose to commune and be in fellowship with God and neighbor. There are once three fellows who were destined for the uh, firing squad. And that morning as they arose and headed for that area for the deed to be done, there was a Frenchman, a politician from France, a Japanese economics professor, and an American businessman. And before the firing squad took aim and fired, they were asked if they had any last requests. And the Frenchman said, my last request, I would like to hear the French national anthem. And the Japanese professor and lecturer, was, he said, I would like to deliver one more lecture on the efficiency of Japanese management. And the American's last request was, I want to be shot first. And they asked him why. And he said, because I don't want to hear, I can't stand to hear one more lecture on the efficiency of Japanese management. Now, so perhaps there are those of you here this morning who would rather not hear one last lecture on the command to love. I just can't stand to hear one more sermon on the commandment to love. But you see, of course, that's what it's all about. The gospel message, the entire life and ministry of Jesus in our, reflects or, or shows us our destinies. It shows us our individual destiny as those who are commanded to love. And it shows us the destiny of this corporateness, this faith community this congregation, this Redeemer in the commandment to love. That's what it's about. Love, as tried and cliche as it sounds, does make the world go round because nothing else can. Creation is a self-expression of a wonderful and beautiful and gracious God who is love and sent love in the flesh to this earth at Christmas. Apart from love, life is completely absurd. Absolutely absurd, as the Apostle Paul tells us. Remember, 
If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but don't have any love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries of knowledge and can impart that to anybody but don't have any and have all the faith in the world, a faith that is even strong enough to move mountains, but if I don't have any love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I have, completely destitute, and if I even give my body to be burned, but have not love, I don't gain anything. And... uh, too many people, and people might also add, if I put away enough certificates of deposit and treasury bills to finance the rest of my life for absolute security, but have not love, I am nothing. If I am a conscientious citizen of the United States of America, and I vote in each election, and I pay my fair share of taxes, But if I have not love, I have absolutely nothing. If I've worked my fingers to the bone to send my children to college, but have not love, I am nothing. If I am completely skilled in household management for all these years, but have not love, I am absolutely nothing. I am a faithful churchgoer all my life, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. I can wear a pretty white robe and I can wear a green stole and I can stand up here and I can tell you absolutely everything you need to hear. But if I have not love, I am nothing to you people at all. Absolutely nothing. To paraphrase what Gertrude Stein said, we've got the syrup, it just doesn't pour. We've got the capacity, the God-given capacity to do something in this place and to be something in this place. But if it lies dormant within us, we absolutely have nothing. We have the capacity, I know who you are after 11 and a half years, I know you. You have the capacity to be absolutely great and you have shown it. If you have not love, we're just sitting in wooden benches. We have the capacity to commune in harmony with the divine intention of God himself. But if we don't do it, we are nothing. We've got the capacity to love, but if we subordinate it, stifle it, suppress it, we have nothing. All we will do then is sacrifice it to the altar of conformity. Now, a university professor was visiting a city in India, and each morning when he arose, he saw a gentleman outside his hotel window sitting at the river. That's all he did was sit at the river. When he left for work, he'd pass by the gentleman sitting at the river. When he came home for lunch, the gentleman was still sitting at the river. When he came home from work, the gentleman was still sitting at the river. And this has happened, took place for days and days and days. And finally one day he left for work a little bit early so he could go over and talk to the person and he asked the person, why do you sit by that river day after day after day? And he said, well, I'm a Hindu and because I am a Hindu, I believe in reincarnation. And according to this belief, 
We have all lived many times over, time and time again, many, many lives. Well, I've just decided that this is one life I'm going to sit out for a while. In a workshop on marriage, the question arose, when does life begin? And one person said, life begins the instant at conception. And another person said, life begins immediately at the time of birth. But a middle-aged woman said, life begins when the dog dies and the last child graduates from college. (laughs) Once we have chosen to accept Jesus' invitation to commune with him and to be in fellowship with one another on Jesus' terms, once we have accepted all that, we discover that life begins every morning when we wake up. It is present with us each day. And many of us who say we are Jesus followers can sometimes in our doldrums, in our down moments, wait and wait and wait for the right time. Because we've never really found our true self today. Like poor old Charlie Brown who says, when my ship comes in, with my luck, I'll be waiting at the airport. God saw everything that he has made, and he looks out in the crowd here today, Redeemer. He said, it is very, very good. And I have given all of you the capacity to love and to express your love for one another with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Loving one another as we work on it each and every day as God has loved us. So my prayer for us today is that the God of creation will look upon all of us today and always and say once again, Behold, it is all good. Behold, all of you are right for the part. Now, may the peace of God, which sometimes eludes our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds with the kind of faith that only Jesus can give, moving all of us from anxiety to rest. Amen. The hymn of the day is next. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Number 643, you may remain seated. Your face is all I seek 
And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds in me. Would you please stand? We find ourselves uh, halfway down on page, page four. We uh, live in trust and hope, and so we affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray to the God of all creation with confidence in his abiding care so that we may pray boldly for the world, the church, and all in need. We pray for the church in your world, O God, that it will rejoice in the gifts of word and sacrament, using its talents and resources to bring good news to all. Hear us, O God. We pray for the will to create and sustain good relationships and to fully enjoy all our brothers and sisters. Hear us, O God. We pray that those who exercise authority over others do so with mercy and kindness and that all who govern seek your will to do it on behalf of those they serve. Hear us, O God. We pray this day for children who are hungry and thirsty, who desperately need loving homes, medical care, and futures that lead to quality of life. Hear us, O God. We pray for all who stand in need of your comfort and assurance, the sick and infirm, the impoverished, and those needing employment, those seeking shelter and encouragement. Hear our silent and verbal prayers. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We pray for the strength to boldly reach out to this neighborhood so that, to the best of our given abilities, spiritual needs will be met. Hear us, O God. We pray for the courage to stand in utter trust and faith as we remember our loved ones who are now your heavenly saints. May we praise your name as we wait to join the eternal throne. Hear us, O God. Into your hands we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. Let's join hands as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verses 1, 2, and 4. Almighty cross, love lifted high, the Lord of life, raised there to die, his sacrifice on Calvary has made the mighty cross a tree of life to me. Almighty cross, what throne of grace he knew no sin, yet took my place. His sacrifice on Calvary has made the mighty cross a tree of life to me. Almighty cross, my soul's release, the stripes he bore, and let me peace. His sacrifice on Calvary has made the mighty cross a tree of life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Peace serve the Lord.